Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. My name is Rick Thompson. I want to welcome you who are here today in the house. I want to welcome those who are joining us online today. We begin an exciting new series that we have entitled, Let Wisdom Reign. Let Wisdom Reign. And it's based on the book of Proverbs, which has has come to be known as the book of wisdom from the very beginning, as most of the writings of Proverbs can be accredited to one man, Solomon, most of them, King Solomon. And we know when given an opportunity, uh, when he took uh, control of the kingdom, when he was made king, when given the opportunity, God says, I, anything you desire, I'll give to you. And he came back with only one request. And what was that one request? Anybody know what that request was? He asked for wisdom. He asked for wisdom. And God was so pleased that he didn't ask for what all other men would have asked for. He said, I'm going to give you what they would have asked for. But because you asked for wisdom, he says, I'm going to grant you your request. And he gave Solomon uh, the wisdom to rule his people fairly. And so Proverbs is actually a book of instructions on how to live a life that's pleasing to God and how to be more peaceful and, and, uh, and to live a successful life. Anybody want to have success in their life? I know I do. I don't know anyone that doesn't. In fact, in the very first chapter, he outlines for us every single one of us, uh, why he wrote the book. I want you to listen to what he said. He said in Proverbs 1, verse 1, he says, These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to give them understanding, to give them, to help them to understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and what? Help me, somebody successful lives, to help them to do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. See, it's not just about us old folks. We're my young people. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. So even if you consider yourself wise, you can listen to these and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance By exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. So why or what was the purpose of these Proverbs? It's so that we can gain wisdom and discipline so that we can be wise and be successful in life. That's what he said. Let me tell you why I might in all these Proverbs. It's so that you can have success. In fact, our theme verse comes out of chapter uh, 1 as well, verse 20. And our theme verse says this. He says, wisdom shouts in the streets. And she cries out in the public square. And she calls to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in front of the city gate. How long will you simpletons, how long you simpletons, will you listen, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I will share my heart with you and I will make you wise. And so it's, it, he gives us a picture of somebody who's shouting. 
Someone who's on the street corner who's trying to get everyone's attention. I'm, I'm, I, I, you need to listen to what I'm saying. So, so my question is, if, if wisdom is basically screaming at us, what is she saying? What is she saying? Well, that's what we're going to be discussing over the next few weeks. We're going to be looking exactly at what Solomon says wisdom is telling us. And he picked several topics. He picked topics like self-control and the training up of your children, and honesty, and helpfulness, and diligence versus laziness, and, and the proper use of your riches, and, and, and health, and even alcohol and, and substance abuse. He touches on all that stuff in the book of Proverbs, including other things as well. And so, and I've got an all-star team coming in that's going to be helping with the teaching of this message. And so I'm going to ask you guys to make a commitment to be here for the next five weeks. Say five weeks. Five weeks, and then I want you to join in, uh, uh, those who are listening online, that you're going to be here for the next five weeks. Commit to being here. So, that, so as we do a deep dive into the book of Proverbs, we're going to hear what wisdom is trying to tell us. Amen? But so as we don't have any confusion as to what King Solomon prioritized, as to the very first thing that he wants us to know concerning wisdom. And, and, and we, the, I read the, verse, the first six verses, the seventh verse in chapter one, he makes it very clear that the, the very first thing that we should be prioritizing, this is what he says in Proverbs 1, 7. He says, the fear, matter of fact, read it out with me. One, two, three, go. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instructions. There it goes. If you want to be wise and you want to make wise decisions, the Bible says you have to start with the knowledge of God. Amen? Singly, start with that. God cannot be an afterthought. Or, or let me try everything else. And a lot of times that's what we do. We try this, we try that, we try this. Oh, let me try God. No, 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 no. God should be our first choice, amen, and our singular choice. Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, help me somebody, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You hear stuff like that, and you're like, well, what does that mean? Well, the bread that we have, God gave us the wheat to make the bread. The chairs that you're sitting on, God gave us the wood to, 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 to make the chairs that you're sitting on. The iPads and the instruments that you, that you use in the, on a daily basis, God made the elements so that we can put these things together. And so when he says that man should not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, he's telling you that everything starts with God. Everything we have, God said it and then it was. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so it is with wisdom. It starts with the fear of the Lord. In fact, it says that all throughout the scriptures, Proverbs 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Psalms 111, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. Proverbs 28, 14. Blessed is the man who always helps me, somebody. Come on, say it like you mean it. Blessed is the man who always fears the Lord, but he who does what? Hardens his heart, falls into trouble. He who hardens his heart against who? He who hardens his heart against God. He who has a callous heart against God. He who has 
you know, things in your ears against God. You can't hear them. You're going to fall into trouble. Listen to Deuteronomy 10, 12. It says, and now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today. Why? Help me. Turn to someone and say, it's for your own good. Say, it's for your good. It's for your good. It's for your good. The reason you want to fear the Lord and listen to him, he says, is for your own good. It's for your own blessings. Exodus 21 through 3 and 17 through 22. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, but out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not cover your neighbor's house. You shall not cover your neighbor's wife or his manservant, his maidservant, his ox, his donkeys, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When the people saw, and when the people saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the, the mountain in the, in the smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen. But do not have God speak to us or we will die. And so in this scene, they were like freaking out. Verse 20, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you. And then he tells, you, tells us why God is testing you. So that the fear of God will be with you to do what? To keep you from, to keep you from messing up, to keep you from sinning. And the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites this. You have seen for yourself that I have spoken to you from heaven. So what's going on here, Pastor Rick? I mean, we've just come out of a series, Haunted, where there were some powerful messages on how to overcome our fears, and, and it seems like you've just added one more fear to the list, the fear of God. I mean, you shared how it was the love of God that leads us to repentance, and in fact, that's what, how I came into the kingdom. It was the love of God that drew me into the kingdom. Yet we see what would appear to be contradictory revelation concerning the heart and the persona of God in this very text. Pastor Rick, if God is love, why is the fear of the Lord the beginning of wisdom? And why does Moses tell them, do not be afraid? But in the next thing he says, but God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you <laughs> to keep you from sinning. Does he want us to love him or to fear him? Which is it? Folks, I want to suggest to you this morning that it's, it's not an either or. It's, a, it's an and both. You see, the fear of the Lord is, 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 is a reverential, listen to me fear, which is really rooted in love. If God is asking you to listen to him, how many of you know it's for your good? Come on, somebody. Like, like, like when you speak to your Children, you speak truth to your children. How many of us have kids in here? We got some new, newborn people in the house. I know there's people in the house that, that uh, just had some babies. Listen to me, it's going to happen to you. I have four, I have four grandkids. Or what am I up to, five or six now? Because we got some foster kids in there now as well. But when we spoke to our children, when we spoke truth to our children about something that's going to that's cause them harm, and if they ignored you, like if we told our kids, don't get in a car with a stranger coming home from school. Was it because we didn't want them 
you know, we wanted them tired and, 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 and didn't have, we didn't want them to have a ride. Was that why we told them that? No, stranger danger, right? Come on, somebody. We didn't want them harmed. We didn't want anything to happen to them. When we went to the store and I told my kids to stay close to me, in fact, I used to have my kids hold on to me and, and, and not walk away. Was it because I was just being a mean dad? No. I didn't want them to wander off. I didn't want them to be taken by somebody else. Amen? Now, too many people, when, when it comes to the things of the Lord, all right, we choose to ignore the voice of Abba. If I told my kids to, if I called my kids and they were, you know, if they didn't come the first time, there was going to be a problem. You know what I'm saying? There was going to be a problem. And so we ignore the voice of Abba, and when we do, God speaks to us about a certain thing, a certain situation, and we ignore him. A lot of times, we do it to our own detriment, even to our own peril. You see, the fear was to keep them from getting into problems, to keep them from sinning. And the Bible tells us what sin does when it takes full root in our lives. It will bring forth death. That's what Jesus said. That's what the Bible teaches. Again, that's what God has called us to do. And when we tell, when we speak to our kids in a certain way, it's not because we hate them. It's because we love them. Amen? Amen. And so the voice of wisdom crying out to all of us is saying the, first, the very first thing is that we need to respect and honor the, 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 the Lord by listening to the things he says. So I want you to write this down. The fear of the Lord will cause us to respect and honor him and, and, and listen to him. And listen to him. Now listen to what he told Jeremiah in the Old Testament. And then Jesus in the New Testament. Jeremiah 1-2 says, The word of the Lord came to him in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Am, Am, Ammon. Easy for me to say. King of Judah. So, and so... So we know from history that this was a time of great turmoil for the children of Israel. So this is when the, the, the God first started talking to Jeremiah, right? And it was a time of great turmoil for the children of Israel. The year was around 625 B.C. They were having multiple problems as a nation. They were in economic crisis. They had political unrest. And as a nation, from top to bottom, they were spiritually bankrupt. Does that sound familiar? Come on, somebody. Just look around the news today, what's going on. I, I feel like we're, we're a nation that's on the verge of, we're, we're there, of spiritual bankruptcy. We too are, are a nation that have, we don't have a problem calling good bad and evil good. All day long we'll do it. Even in the church. Anyone heard what the Pope just said? Anyone, anyone like watching the news? Go Google it. The, the latest declaration that the Pope just gave to, to the Catholic Church concerning what's going on in the world today. It, it's seeping into the church. And so the church has a problem with telling the difference as well. And the problem is the, the way the church goes, the nation goes. You hear what I'm saying? And so if the church can't figure it out, the nation ain't going to figure it out. Because God uses the church to be the voice of wisdom crying in the wilderness, the, declaring that this is the way to go. 
That's why we have to pray that God's will will be done in this coming election. Amen? And I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. Most everybody who knows, who, I, who knows me know who I'm going to vote for. But what I'm going to tell you is vote the Bible. Amen? Vote the voice of wisdom. It, it really isn't that complicated. Vote for righteousness. Vote for life. Vote for the standards that God has in the scriptures, and then you'll get it right every time. And so God chose Jeremiah to break into their world and to speak into their situation. And this is what he said in Jeremiah 1 verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. When did he know him? Help me somebody. Before he was even put in the womb. How many of you know that God knew you before you were even put in your mama's womb? That's why abortion is such a travesty. Because God is the one that causes us, that, that puts us in there. Amen? He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And he says, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and he touched my mouth and he said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and to overthrow and to build and to plant. Verse 17, get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. Today I've made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. And so that was the call that was placed on Jeremiah, and God made him a fortified city because he was heading toward some hard-headed people. Come on, somebody. And for the next 40 years, he would be God's mouthpiece, and he would prophesy to them, and he would be the voice of wisdom crying out to them, speaking everything that God the Father told him to say. And again, the Father would have to fortify him as well because the people were so entrenched in their own sins and their own way of doing things that they, weren't, they were going to have a hard time listening to him. So, so, so why does God do this? Why does God raise up a prophet to speak to an entire nation about what they're doing wrong? Was it because he hated them? Help me, somebody. You think God hated them? That's why he raised up Jeremiah? No. A thousand times no is because he loved them. And he wanted them to get back on the right path and to stay on the right path and to have a successful life in him. God brought rebuke to bring them to, to, to a blessing. It wasn't out of hate. It was out of love. You see, Jeremiah used a term that clearly we don't understand. Many of us don't understand because we, you know, as well. In verse 6, this is what he said. He says, alas, help me out somebody. What did he say? Sovereign Lord. Say that. Sovereign Lord. Say that. Sovereign Lord. And then he says, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. And so your next feeling is simply this. The fear of the Lord will treat him, God, as our sovereign Lord. Our sovereign Lord. And let me explain what a sovereign is. 
The definition of a sovereign is to have absolute rule without question or limitations. Amen? Absolute rule without question or limitations. Now, leave that, put that back up there just for a second. I want that to sink in. Let that sink in for a moment. Because that truly is a good description of who God is and what he represents and what he expects. The Bible says that of Jesus as well. He says that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, help me somebody, who will do what? Judge the living and the dead. Who's going to judge the living and the dead? Help me, who? Jesus, Jesus. And in view of his appearing and his, and his kingdom, I give you this charge to young Timothy. Remember, Timothy was a young preacher. We got some young preachers in the house. Come on, somebody. He says, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season, out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instructions. Why? For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them great, a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Preachers for hire. Preachers for hire that will tell them what they want to hear. It sounds like the time that we're living in is close to what Jeremiah was dealing with. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths, but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Amen? And so God has a master plan and a purpose for our lives, and, 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 and the end result will be for our good and for his glory if we follow it. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared when? In advance, say in advance. You're not an accident. There's a work that he has planned for you. Yes, even you. Even you. Amen? But it all starts with the reverential fear of the Lord and submitting to his plan and his voice of wisdom in our lives and understanding that he is sovereign. So if God is truly sovereign, like Jeremiah exclaimed, ah, sovereign Lord, What's wrong with the picture that, that he would have the nerve to tell the sovereign Lord, uh, I hear you, Lord, but, and remember his excuses, I'm young, I'm this, I'm that. He gave excuses, I'm just a child, I'm, I'm this or that. In other words, these are the reasons why, I know you, you're the sovereign Lord, but these are the reasons why I can't do what you're asking me. And before we judge him too harshly, come on somebody, how many know we do the same thing? Here's some other terms that have the same meaning as sovereign. God, Lord, Heavenly Father. Write them down somewhere. Don't we use all these terms all the time? Lord God, Jehovah. These all mean the same thing, but too often we use them in the same spirit that Jeremiah did. Alas, sovereign Lord, I hear what you're saying, but, but, but here are my lists of excuses as to why I can't or won't do what you're asking concerning my marriage, concerning my relationships, concerning my finances. Truth is, I believe we're in the last days. And the fact is, 
as we're in the last days, the truth is going to be harder and harder for people to, to hear and to stomach and to, to walk in. And so when you reject truth, what do you end up with? You, you, you end up with lies. You end up with half-truths. It's not really a baby in the womb, just a blob of tissue. That's what I was told when I was 16 years old. That's what it is, right? It, 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 it's, that's why they don't want to put sonograms in these places. They don't want the, the, the mothers to see what's in there. I know the Bible says God made them male and female, right? But today it's whatever you feel is what you are. If you're a woman, you feel like a dude, you're a dude. If you're a guy that feels like a woman, you're a woman. And how many know that the Bible says God made you male and female? He didn't make any mistakes. Amen? But today they say, this, I can't remember how many genders they're trying to tell you. So when you reject the truth, you end up with all sorts of lies. I've lost count how many genders they say they're out there now. I know what he says about sleeping around is wrong. I know what he says about fidelity and marriage is wrong, but then we make excuses. But if it feels, how could it be wrong if it feels so right? Come on, somebody. That's going on in the church. I'm not just talking about in the world. This is happening in the church. In other words, I know what you say about this or that. And yes, I use that term all the time. Lord God, I sing it in the songs. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, Heavenly Father. Yet, and it means all the same thing. He's sovereign. But, but do you really expect me to do that? Do you really expect me to follow your instructions? Besides, God, you know, I've heard the preacher talk about how loving he is and forgiving he is. No harm, no foul. He's just going to forgive me anyway. And we take that attitude toward him and the things of God. And the truth is, in those moments, he's not Lord and he's not sovereign. You might as well call him what he is optional getting quiet in here and when he becomes optional he becomes an idol a creation of your own imagination you might as well be saying oh magnificent entity of light and lightness who agrees with everything I say and contradicts nothing I do besides Pastor Rick most of that stuff is all Old Testament and and the Jesus I know, he healed the masses, he fed the 5,000 out of five loaves and two fish, basically a happy meal, because the Jesus I know wants everyone to be happy. You, you know where you find that in the Bible? You're a liar, chapter 5. Don't, don't look it up, you ain't going to find it. It's your liar, chapter 5. Jesus is not is more concerned. I'm not saying that God doesn't want you to be happy, but he's more concerned with you going to heaven. Come on, somebody. And you making it to your eternal destination. When you're living just for the here and now, you're going to fall short of what God wants for you. So along comes this loving and forgiving Jesus, and all of a sudden it seems like he also is changing his message. But is he? Listen to what he's saying, and I know he's talking because it's in red in the Bible. And this is what our loving and forgiving and merciful Jesus is telling us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, 
sovereign, sovereign, but only the one who does what? Who actually does what my Father says in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform any miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I, I, I don't even know you. Away from me, evildoers. Now question, does that sound very loving to you? And I'm telling you, it does. It does. You know why? Because it's the difference between someone telling us what we want to hear and someone telling us what we need to hear. That's your next feeling. The fear of the Lord will tell us what we need to hear. Amen? If you have cancer and it's treatable, you don't want to go to some doctor saying it's just a stomach ache. Take a couple of aspirin and call me in the morning. Don't worry about it. Then you go home and you die from something that was treatable. How many know sin is treatable? Sin is treatable. And Jesus is the cure. Hello? Hallelujah? In fact, if a doctor did that, it would be called malpractice. And Jesus is the great physician, and he's not going to be guilty of malpractice. He will tell us what we need to hear when we need to hear it. Amen? And when he does that, even if it's something difficult, it's the loving thing to do. It's the loving thing to do. If I yelled at my kids going across the street and the car was coming, it was the loving thing to do, even though it sounded harsh at the time. Can we agree on that? Let's go back to Jeremiah once more and then back to Jesus. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 21. This is what he says. Hear this, you foolish and senseless people who have eyes but do not see, who have ears but do not hear. Should you not fear me? declares the Lord, should you not tremble in my presence? I made, the sand a bound, I, made, I made the sand a boundary for the sea, an everlasting barrier it cannot cross. The waves may roll, but they cannot prevail. They may roll, but they cannot cross it. But these people, these people have stubborn and rebellious hearts, and they have turned aside and gone away, and they do, they do not say to themselves, let us fear the Lord our God, who gives autumn and spring rains in the season who assures us of the regular weeks of the harvest. So what is he saying there? So because they did not fear the Lord, something was going on in their hearts. Their hearts had become callous and rebellious. Listen to me this morning. Where there's no fear of the Lord, no honor of the Lord, no reverence for the Lord, there will be no respect for what the Lord has to say. And when you have no respect for what the Lord has to say, you will not have discernment as to what's wise and what's unwise. You will make decisions that are going to hurt you in the end. Listen to what Jesus said now. And then I'm going to close it this morning. Luke chapter 12, verse 1. He says, Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. They would say one thing and do something else. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. What you have whispered in the air, in, in the air, in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. I will tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. Jesus speaking. And after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him 
who after your body has been killed has the authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Who is he talking about? Is it the devil? No. He's talking about God. Is this the Old Testament? Wait, what happened? Where's our loving, forgiving, merciful Jesus? Who, who is this guy? Is this the same guy? I'm telling you, it's the same guy. What's he doing? He's giving us the big picture. Is God loving? Someone say yes. Is he forgiving? Someone say yes. Is he merciful? Someone say yes. Does he have a plan and a purpose for our lives? Someone say yes. Does he offer us joy and unspeakable? Someone say yes. And it's because he's loving and forgiving and merciful and offers us joy unspeakable and has a good plan for our life. He doesn't just tell us half the story. He tells us the whole story, not just what we want to hear, but what we need to hear. And this is what we need to hear, that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to miss. Amen? That wisdom is screaming to every single one of us, I have a plan and a purpose. Don't be a simpleton. Don't, don't just go by this life. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and that's a singular, reverential, let me focus on what God has to say in my life. Because man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And wisdom is saying, to turn to Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to, help me, repentance, which means change of directions, change of mind. Matter of fact, the new, the new century says as much. The Lord is not slow in doing what he promised, the way some people understand slowness, but God is being patient with you. He does not want anyone to be, what's the word he uses? He doesn't want anyone to be lost, but he wants all people to change their hearts and their lives. Take note of that word lost. Jesus said, I have not come to seek and save. Jesus said, I have come to seek and save those who are lost. But if you're going to be saved and not lost, it starts with a healthy dose of the fear of the Lord. Why? Because it's the beginning of wisdom and it reflects his love because he wants us to know the truth and the truth will set us free. And so to his disciples and all who would listen, this is what he says. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who will kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after killing the body has the power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, to fear him. And again, that's not the devil. Unfortunately, as Christians, we fear Satan more than we fear God sometimes, and that's quite frankly laughable. When it's all said and done, the Bible makes it clear that God is our sovereign, that God is the judge of the living and the dead. He says nothing escapes his notice. And the good news is that God has a plan and a purpose. He says all of us have sinned and fall short of the standards of God, and the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He offers us the cure. Wisdom dictates to us the cure 
for the sin that's in our lives. In Luke chapter 12, verse 8, Jesus speaking. He says, I tell you the truth, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on this earth, the Son of Man will also acknowledge in the presence of God's angels. But anyone who denies me here on this earth will be, uh, but anyone who denies me here on earth will be denied before God's angels. Listen, if you don't know him here, the Bible makes it clear he's not going to know you there. And oh, by the way, he's also letting us know that there's a difference between paying lip service to him as Lord, Lord, and actually making him Lord, Lord. Amen? So he's calling us not to be confused because he won't. As we go through this life, call sin, sin, repent, and do what? Put your trust in him completely for the salvation of your souls. And he says, if you acknowledge me publicly, he says, on that day, I will acknowledge you publicly. He's calling us to get serious with our walk with him. Amen. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And wisdom is crying out, come and follow me. And I'll show you discipline. I'll show you life. I'll show you self-control. And I'll show you eternal life. So as we come to a close this morning, how about you? Have you accepted Jesus as your Savior and your Lord yet? Would you like to? It starts with a personal relationship with him and acknowledging that, yes, you have sinned. You fall short. Jesus was the solution to the sin. If you cry out to him for your forgiveness, he will forgive you. If I confess my sins, he's faithful and just. Forgive my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And it's through him that we have eternal life. Amen? So that's you today and you're listening right now. And you would like me to pray with you concerning salvation. Just slip up your hand and say, Pastor Rick, can you pray with me? I want Jesus in my life. I want to recommit my life to Jesus. Anybody? Anybody listening online? Slip up your hand. I don't need to see you. God sees you. And right now, say something like this from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you today. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I thank you for sending the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to point me to Jesus. Help me to walk in the fear of the Lord, the acknowledgement of who you are. Help me to not just say, Lord, Lord, but actually treat you as my Lord. Today, someone say, today, I submit my life to you. All that I am. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all said, Amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.